1: Don't you love like every profession has different things going on at their job? And it just so happens that kindergarten teachers have to deal with masturbating five year olds at nap time. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass podcast, the podcast where we ask, Whose fault is it that you're gay? My name is Eric Williams, and this week we are here with the ladies of Dyking Out. I am so excited for this episode, but I'm also so grateful for all you girlies who messaged me about last week's episode with Bo and Yang. I know, like, it, we had a great chat, but I wasn't ready for everyone to message me, like, well wishes, because I said I had such a rough patch last year. And I know that this is a silly podcast, but damn, you made me feel really good and supported. And I just, you know, next time I'm just not going to go. Full on blackout. I'm gonna actually like maybe talk through the devastation, but today is a good day. I mean, the LA Rams have won the Super Bowl, it's Valentine's Day week. Love is in the air. I do not care about sports, but I don't know. It was kind of cool to hear fireworks for a second that weren't gunshots.
2: Mm, what a cheat!
1: I did post a video on TikTok about Californians need to stop rubbing in how good the weather is here to New Yorkers. It's like this is February, New Yorkers are at their lowest. It's like if you approach a rabid animal, you do not get close. These New Yorkers have not seen sunlight in months. They are completely hobbled over, jumping over 10 feet wide slushy puddles to maybe get on the sidewalk or land on the corner and sprain their ankle. I just, I love New York with all my being and I just want to send you love, support, and just know you are not alone. I'm not there. But you're not alone. Another amazing gift from the universe is that the Oscars announcement. Are you all so fucking excited? Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes hosting. I, I don't know if a gay person made that decision, but I'm not going to ask questions. And I'm just so excited to watch. I'm totally going to be having a watch party. It's going to be like gayer than RuPaul's Drag Race. I do hope secretly that Regina Hall does a Brenda reference. Can you imagine? Like the most high profile movie event of the year, and Regina Hall pulls out Brenda quotes some scary movie. <laughs> I don't they could do a movie theater reference. I'm watching Shakespeare in Love. Come on. Ugh, the the opportunities are endless. But I will say that when we do get the reveal, whatever, whatever these ladies do, I will be here for. Oh, and also a nice little uh reference to the episode is Wanda Sykes. We discussed her during this episode with the Ladies of Dyking Out, who are such dreams. I'm so excited they are here. Not long before we recorded this, they had interviewed Rosie O'Donnell on their podcast, and so of course I had to ask about that. But we talk about a lot of Bravo. We talk about a lot of uh, campy things. Abby Lee Miller comes up. I mean... (laughs) the gifts keep on giving but if you are new to the podcast thank you so much for being here uh and check out the patreon i have a bonus episode up there now that's gay as podcast for patreon patreon.com slash gay Ass podcast and uh i'm excited for the other incredible guests coming up after this stay gay thanks for being here and these are the ladies from Diking out I'm on the edge of my gosh darn seat Waiting to see what's going to come out of these Incredible people's mouths on That's a Gay Ass Podcast Welcome to Carolyn Bergier, Melody Kamali Who not only hosts the incredible podcast Diking Out, but also have two Incredible names themselves Carolyn Bergier and Melody Kamali I just <laughs> I just, I think the older I get, the more Jealous I get of people with cool names Because mine is sadtown.net
3: But if you did Stand-up comedy, the host wouldn't Mess it up every time they bring you to the stage. Wait, what do they so... say for you? Yeah, I get Caroline Bergier a lot. Caroline Bergier, just some. I don't tell
2: me why I always get Camille. <laughs> I don't. It happens a lot. Camille, <laughs> Melody, like... Camille, Melody, Cam- C- Camille. <laughs> I, I, I don't C- know why.
1: C- Camille, there's no. Yeah, it's spelled K A M A L I. Camille, you know. Comedians yeah. first and readers it's second. Thing. It's a panic thing.
3: Yeah. There was a point when I changed my name to Carrie Berg so no one would mess it up, not realizing that that made me sound Jewish, and I'm not. Oh. So I had, like, a real problematic, like, maybe one month that I was going by Carrie Berg. But everybody <laughs> got it right, and it was, you know, my confidence was low. I didn't think, I thought it was just too much to ask people to learn my name. Sure, sure,
1: sure. And so you're like, you know and, what? Can you just yeah. learn a, a, an incorrect a name? Shortened and version, And then also, yeah. will you assu- wrongly <laughs> assume I'm Jewish on top of it?
3: Right. Right.
1: (laughs) You know what's funny though is like Carol Berg is a sixty-five-year-old Jewish woman. However, to Mm -hmm. see you as Carol Berg might be like kind of Carrie. Oh, Carrie Carrie Berg. Berg. That's Carrie Berg is more Carrie Berg lives in Brooklyn. Carolyn Berg lives on the Upper West Side. Yeah. Uh,
3: I had a coworker (laughs) that used to call me Carol Berger just to make me sound like an old lady, and yeah that's my my old lady name that's
1: speaking of names I wanted to bring this up to you because I love your podcast and I think like having you on this podcast is such like uh the universe brought us together in a beautiful way when people who are not gay women say the name of your podcast what happens what happens to you what happens to yeah. us what happens to I like, came, like when I said it in the in the beginning did both of your tummies go ouch or did you say he kind of sold it or did you say we're calling the police
2: <laughs> no i didn't i was unfazed but i unfazed. think it's because you're gay yeah. but like when like cis straight het people say it my butt cheeks clench up because i know their butt cheeks mm. are clenched
3: right they're very nervous i would say most of them don't even say it except for my mom who says it too much <laughs> my, my mom took a lot of liberties like she threw the first brick at stonewall or something after
1: <laughs> yeah wait what's your mom's first name
3: uh, Dottie Dottie through the first Dottie, Dottie yeah. through
1: the first brick I mean I believe it Listen <laughs> It's it's interesting how people react to just Gay things in general when they are not And it's really a litmus test of how the conversation is going to go Like I think your mom is proving her allyship Which I find beautiful
4: um, <laughs> Another
1: friend of mine said that her mom Kept laughing at the name of my podcast Because she thought it was so funny And my friend said Okay it's only funny to a point well, Now what are, we la- right. what are we laughing at at this right. point <laughs>
3: Right. And I, I guess when I named it "Diking Out, I didn't really think it through. I just thought, what a great name for a lesbian podcast or a queer podcast. And it wasn't until I saw how uncomfortable other people were with saying it and then like getting some comments around it mm. and then i started thinking like well i guess it, it is kind of the equivalent of if like a gay guy had a podcast that was like faggy times with jeff and i wouldn't feel great about it. saying it. that I'm you know faggy
1: <laughs> times with jeff i'm changing my name to jeff <laughs> I'm,
3: it would be jeffrey rebrant. i guess yeah you're right it's jeff a gay would man, never, it's jeffrey. it would be a
1: full jeffrey and it's but it's spelled yes j-e-f-f-r-i-e right <laughs> yeah. faggy times with jeffrey and it's talking about Costumes of opera From Berlin
3: Yes, <laughs> perfect <laughs> Trade market
1: yeah. Wow, Faggy Times on everywhere You get your podcasts um, Well, listen, I, I have to say that I wanted you on this podcast months ago and it just knowing that your podcast was so good. But then after the initial desire, you then landed Rosie O'Donnell on your podcast. And I'm sure I, in fact, because I'm an example of this, I know people look at you differently because you landed Rosie O'Donnell on your podcast and that (laughs) not only did you land her, but the interview is so good. And it I do want the behind the scenes of it because you came off on the interview such professionals, so cool, so calm, so toe to toe. What wow, can you tell wow, me? Wow. Can you tell me how you a landed her and b how it felt interviewing her?
2: Go for it, Carolyn. This is <laughs> your life's work. It is you know, uh,
3: Rosie randomly started following me on Twitter and it was a big day for me I I was just very confused but I think it was just because my bio was very much like comedian and gay and maybe I don't know so there there was that and then uh, a friend of mine Naomi Regay, had a show called the female gaze and it was a live show at UCB gaze is in Mm G-A-Z-E and it was a parody on the view and it's the view but maybe like 13 hosts and they all have their different personality and it's kind of this chaotic fun show and she was promoting that they were having special guest rosie o'donnell and i messaged her and i said is it really going to be rosie or is it just going to be a guy in drag doing a mean rosie impression or something (laughs) right And she's like, no, it's really Rosie. So I got there early, was sitting like front and center. Um, I got to meet Rosie then. And I didn't have the podcast at that point. I hadn't started it yet. But that made me feel like it's possible. Like this can happen. So I got to like hug her and meet her after the show. One night I was... Drunk in the back of an Uber, and I saw that she was active on Twitter, and I was like, what if I DM her right now while she's active? Will she get it? So I DM'd her and asked her to do it, and she's like, sure. Is it a podcast or a show? I'm in. <gasps> and And that was it. But then it was years after that. I think it took like two years to coordinate yeah. with her assistant <gasps> because her assistant is very much a little bit hard to get, get a hold of. And then it it just became this thing where Rosie kept saying multiple times that she would do the podcast. Like people would ask her on her Instagram live. Are you doing Diking out? She's like, Oh yeah, it's happening. I'm like, is it like when, you know? <laughs> and then finally with the 200th episode, I messaged her assistant. I'm like, look, I know we've been trying to make this work, but for the big 200, we had Margaret show for 100. Let's do Rosie for 200. And then we made it happen. And the
1: assistant finally took mercy on you. Was like, okay, now I'll talk. Now I'll yeah. talk to her about it. <laughs> yeah. Just because we're on your podcast and you had Margaret Cho for one hundred, Rosie for two. Let's say you get t- when you get to three, do you have another dream?
2: Ooh. I know Carolyn's answer, but it's in the works. Yeah, that so one's already happen scheduled three. Yeah. Um, oh
3: shit, I mean, I that's think for for both of us, one of them is Wanda Sykes. <gasps> yes, we huge. really want one. That Sykes. would be yeah. huge the dream which my friend writes for her show now but i'm like nervous about me it's, are we it's talking about the other ask. two
1: no because wanda um, on the other two is very very good okay. um i'm sh- i'm positive people listening to this love the other two as well it is
3: yes it's not the other two it's um the up something
1: i believe you <sighs> okay. well at least we know wanda's booked and blessed that's the best part of this
3: right The Upshaws
1: the Upshaws of Wanda Sykes everyone get get into it yes. and honestly once you get Wanda Sykes then I'm gonna be like hey my friends Melody and Carolyn you did their podcast <laughs> we'd love to have you on mine <laughs> um, that's it's, it's definitely gonna happen I do wanna say that it, one of the things in the Rosie interview she talked about having brunch with Abby Lee Miller which was a twist I didn't see that <laughs> one coming <laughs>
4: yeah. so
1: I'm married to someone who is a very big dance moms fan and I yes. I think that to see if I saw Abby Lee Miller in her chair wearing a shirt that said Abby Lee Miller, I too would probably snap a pic. But I, 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 fear that that's a don't meet your hero type of thing, or don't meet your villain. I guess don't meet your villain. Like Melody, if you saw if yeah. you saw Abby Lee, what do you do? You a approach, b talk, c actually have a conversation, or is it a?
2: I would never approach. <laughs> I mean, there's something about don't meet your reality heroes too, like that. It's just scary territory for me. We're in a position right now, there's like this lesbian reality show we've been promoting it a lot. We've had some of Mm -hmm. them on. Carolyn is like, there's like a villain type on the show for sure. Wait, what show is this? And- tampa bay's on amazon okay. prime Plug. and carolyn wanted to do an instagram live and sort of get like the villains side of the story this murphy character and i that's where i tap out like i love reality tv but i i just i don't want to be involved i just want to watch it from a enjoy distance. them on your screen so and a, keep them
1: there but melody yeah. let me be clear you saw erica jane in chicago on broadway and you took a photo with erica jane and i might say that she is the villain this season
2: <laughs> that's such a good point this was before she became before a the villain orphans and widows. i had just enough wine you know what's funny is i saw chicago on broadway twice um the first time unintentionally seeing a real housewives of beverly hills star as lisa Roxy rinna, Hart, and that was lisa rinna <gasps> you are in kidding. 2008 <laughs> And then I my girlfriend, um she knows I'm a huge uh, housewives fan and got me the Erica Jane, like just before lockdown. And I did get that picture, and that's so out of character. That's such a good point. Thank you for reminding me. I did that. But
1: it is a really good photo. It's very ballsy of you. You stage door to Erica Jane. But I think there only there probably aren't as many people as we would hope there are that have seen both Rinna I and know. Erica Jane in a Broadway show. <laughs> yeah. And you stand in a very special group yes, of people. Yes, yes,
3: yes. <laughs> I love the Housewives uh. to Chicago pipeline. Um, and <laughs> it's a factory. Luann
1: could yeah. never. Wait, which came first? You know who did? Housewives of Chicago. I guess Chicago out
2: <laughs> uh Nini was in um Chicago too right I think Wasn't so oh like my god men.
1: was yeah. she that's great i mean I, be- I I very much believe you
2: she was uh mama
1: when you're good Is to mama
2: yeah. mama's good to you
1: wow <laughs> nini books and blessed as well um did uh, for, so quick tangent melody did you watch ultimate girls trip
2: i thought i just finished the first <laughs> episode just before we sat down to record i had to i found out it dropped It-huh, today
1: it did i watched it last I, night
2: i didn't watch uh, all three that are out or just no god
1: though? no i couldn't <laughs> handle it i mean i just i watched one and i uh, i have feelings i think that the show for anyone listening, A, doesn't know about it, or B, hasn't watched it yet, it's basically different women from the different cities of The Real Housewives. They send them all for eight days to Turks and Caicos, and it's Ramona Singer, it is Cynthia, it is Kenya, it is Kyle Richards, it is... Teresa. Teresa. It is Melissa. It is, I think that's most of them. It's basically like, again, a lot of villains, a lot of heroes. And Mm -hmm. I think just to bring this all together, Ramona is the person you do not want to meet. And this (laughs) show is proving that.
2: Talk about clenched butt cheeks. I am so anxious watching her interact with them at large, but especially the Atlanta black housewives
1: by calling kenya yeah. portia i mean also wow. M- ramona so clenched herself because she's gonna shit everywhere yeah. apparently she's got some really big digestive really issues does. but <laughs> poor, i mean poor thing i i do think that was her last season so we'll see what happens to her but yeah so I, i'm so. gonna assume that carolyn is you know you let melody enjoy the housewives and you say not for me it's a no for me dog
2: Oh, I got, she got me into her, it. Into it. it took a year of lockdown, but I, <laughs> I got her into Housewives.
1: Wait, what? Carolyn, do you have a Do you a, a CEO, a, a city of choice? Uh,
3: New York. That was where I started. I'm open to the others, but I needed a, a season in a city to start on. And I started season seven, New York, where Carol comes in. And I feel like it oh, was Carol, a good that's call. Really cool. That's how I pitched it. Yeah. I was like, Carol's
2: so gay. You're going to love this. I do. I do oh love how gay God. Carol is.
3: <laughs> Carol is radiating queer energy and every straight woman is like in love with her and i think it's so funny
1: this is new to me this is news to me and i uh, like this perspective what is it about her that you think is so queer
3: you know i wouldn't have really picked up on it if it wasn't every time they cut to a confessional it's somebody being like carol's so hot if i were into (laughs) women i'd go for carol and they all say that in some variation (laughs) at some point and like bethany is like Clearly in love with her. I don't know. She's she's not like well, the that other girl epic breakup like. <laughs> too.
2: Like that was an emotional just when we say gay, we mean just like, you know, the feelings of it all. Yeah. I just remembered the
3: the moment for me where Carol is like super queer mm-hmm. and it's the Halloween where she shows up as Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Amelia Earhart, yes. Everybody and is like know- a sexy costume, like everybody is showing skin and stuff, but like the queer like that was me at every party in college. People are like, Why are you dressed <laughs> in a tuxedo? Yeah. Well, like- she
2: dresses like a lesbian. Like I found her Poshmark <gasps> and yes. sent it to Carolyn yes. and I was like, This is a lesbian wardrobe. It is. Like she If
1: you could if you could like <laughs> actually dissect, do you think that she is on a queer spectrum?
3: I think she could be. I think she could be. I could see the right, I could see more of a mask presenting, just like a very striking, handsome mask lesbo uh, winning her over.
2: Um, She hangs out, her best friend's dating Samantha Ronson, right? Like, she's hanging out with lesbians. I think, like, I think with a lot of the housewives, especially the New York ones, like, they just didn't have the vocabulary to even explain. Floor, like so, <laughs> Sonia's bisexual in conversation, yeah. yeah. Sonia is a blatant Very bisexual, much so. but they just are of a different generation, and they never let themselves go there conversationally or otherwise. Which is so
1: it's just so surprising about New York City in general. It's like you always think, you know, it's New York, it's all gay right. people. It's, it's just the most woke, liberal, whatever, blah blah blah. But then you talk to these women who are on like the gayest show of, of Bravo, a gay network, and then right. they don't themselves realize that a they might be bisexual in some way and be that it's okay like i don't know if you remember in early seasons of any city actually they would be like did you hear that maybe that person is gay? yeah <laughs> and then maybe that person is gay. it's like well you do know that everyone watching you is okay it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's so i don't understand right. the fear that was around it and do we have any main housewives that are gay
2: mm. We have Ashley Darby on Potomac, who I think at this point is out enough as a bisexual. If you yeah. watch the reunion, the most recent, like part think- two, she re- references hooking up with a girl, even
3: mm-hmm. oh, only by though, because I mean, Barbara was Barbara officially a cast member. Oh, or just oh.
2: Barbara was season, out by,
3: but she was by. Yeah. She was out as by. That is a good point. And, but and Ramona was like terrified of it. Yeah. Like, Ramona literally hated her because she was bi.
1: Which (laughs) is just another example as to why the times are turning for Miss Ramona
2: Singer. We had Denise Richards, obviously. We had that debacle. But yeah, there's no out... Yeah, there haven't been any lesbians. And Andy Cohen has said that he would introduce maybe, like, uh, a gay man. Like, that was the next step. Um, wait he, he said, said he in an would do interview that? like years back yeah like he's like they've wow. entertained it they've talked about it so
1: don't tell my husband he'll be auditioning <laughs> for the villain role yesterday yes and i say that and you'd think like oh is he gonna be offended no no he wants to it be known he that he will edit. be cast on a reality show he wants the villain edit he yes he's watched enough to know a good barbed you know and like that's the thing about kenya white so she's so good on everything she's on, honest because just like she knows the role and she knows how to so perfectly throw a dagger. Yeah. But I'd be interested to find out if there was a gay man on a Housewives show. And also like when we talk about representation and diversity, thank goodness they're adding people of color to different cities and thank goodness that they're adding diversity. But it's also kind of a weird thing to realize in this moment, all the years I've been watching housewives that we don't have a full-time housewife that is full gay. right? Which is would be it would probably be another level of controversy for a, a, a season like obviously when dallas put an asian american person on the show the franchise ended because they were probably yeah. so racist because they they couldn't handle they it just put them down a spiral so i'm i'm curious if there would be like a gay panic on a housewives franchise
2: probably, <laughs> probably. i probably yeah uh, but I would love to see the drama, too. Like, we said girls night only, and you can't bring your wife just because she's a girl, okay? Like, just like
3: something. Melody, uh, write okay. that. Write that. Here, here's the pitch. Put Jenna Lyons on Roni. Oh, my God. In, yes. yes. That would be good television.
1: See, th- honestly, I think that it would do good for New York, especially because New York needs such a, a revamp, oh, a definitely. reboot.
3: Yeah.
2: What is happening there?
3: Add it to the list of questions for Jenna Lyons. Would you be on Rony? Yeah, yeah. Would you Mental be note. on Rony? We're interviewing her in a couple weeks. So. Oh,
1: my God. See, that's... It's, it's. I can't. First of all, I can't wait to hear that interview, but also I can't wait to hear about the, the Rony question. <laughs> yes. I do think that there are so many dream guests for especially as there are more queer people like having visibility in Hollywood. I posted sort of a controversial thing on Instagram yesterday that I ended up deleting, which is maybe just because of my own headspace of just like... I'm Relatable. (laughs) But I posted about Billy Eichner yesterday because there's a picture that he posted with his trainer. He's like hugely jacked and looks like the type of person that would beat me up in high school, which is of course the person I would like to sleep with. So I was like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know, himbo Billy Eichner. (laughs) Basically that's all I put in the post. And I got a lot of reactions that were like, I hate it. I hate it. This is tough. And I was like, like I just, I, I I wasn't expecting. But then someone actually messaged me a really valid, a couple of really valid takes. I'm going to read you one of them because it, it's an interesting conversation to have. Basically, he says, like, yes, he looks hot, but I hate that he felt the pressure to get conventionally more masked slash as his star ascended, you know? And that was a take that I wasn't actually thinking about. And then someone else said, let ugly people be ugly, which I don't think he was ever ugly. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that it's a comment on Hollywood is pressuring people to look a certain way and that you were only conventionally attractive if you have huge muscles or if you're very thin. And I think that, it's more layer than I realized. And I was just like, Billy Ackner looks hot. And so I ended up deleting it for, and, and now that I'm talking about it now, I'm sure it would have been totally fine to keep it up. But
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got famous for doing street harassment on video. Like that was his shtick. Yeah. was like literally screaming at <laughs> mostly women uh, on the streets. in New York, just going about their day. So I think we can, you know, Call him a himbo. I think he's yeah, I think
1: calling Billy Eckner a himbo is okay, but I think it's that it, I think that like that pressure is a real thing, which is maybe what people yeah. started to feel. Because like in other news right, right. I did just watch the Britney Murphy documentary finally after a million people told me to. Oh, I still
2: have to watch that. Ooh. I really
1: recommend it only because you are reminded of how, how incredible she is. And like my one of my favorites of all time is Drop Dead Gorgeous and, yes. and it was one of her first movies, and she talk about like a star ascending she really was reaching crazy heights and then just based not i'm not giving anything away it's basically just like she ended up getting with this guy that was pure we'll call him evil Mm -hmm. and he was one of the reasons that led her to really changing her body for hollywood and and really controlling what she ate and it's just like the question is let's say you wake up tomorrow and you are a hollywood star you have millions and millions and millions of dollars and you want to continue to be working and crazy, amazing projects. Do you think, even if it's like switching a hair color, even if it's like... I would I would get a lot of smoothies I've talked about. I think smoothies are overpriced and I love them so much. If I was really rich, I would get a lot of smoothies and a personal trainer and maybe I would gain a muscle or three. I'm okay with that. I don't think I would let the pressure of Hollywood make me turn into a himbo, but I think that my pecs would get bigger. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would change anything with money and fame?
2: Absolutely. In a heartbeat. Yes. I would cave to the pressure. For sure. I've already caved. I'm already imagining it. Yeah. I'm already. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so I'm excited. I'm in the cave. The cave yeah. is
1: dark. I'm getting the both talk wait so let's talk about it what do you, what do we what would we do or
2: what, what don't we do oh, wait oh, okay uh, okay oh uh,
3: what what would we do well i think the thing i think most people would probably if they had the time and money would want to get their body into a shape mm-hmm. that they feel good about i i think the barriers to that a lot of times are like time yeah And money. And if you're able to pay people to clean your house or to do all the, you know, pick up your dry cleaning, if you have an assistant that's doing all those things, then yeah, you have more time to like, I would love to have an hour every day to exercise. I think it'd be good for me both physically and mentally. And it wouldn't necessarily be because like, it would make me more bookable. I think Mm -hmm. it's like a nice thing to do maybe for yourself (laughs) is to... (laughs) You know, definitely treat, treat your body well.
1: Um, it's a very good point because the part of the thing is the money and time issue. With like, like, I just got a dishwasher for the first time in a long time, and I was like, well, I <laughs> guess I'm gonna get ripped now because i don't have to (laughs) wash forks as much as i used to but like it i i would i can't wait to have that assistant and then can't wait to have i mean if i get to go to an equinox i'll automatically get hotter just because i'm going to sweat out any toxins in the steam room using my keels products
2: yes right yeah it's just a personal trainer that's that's all i want that's all personal trainer yeah. yeah i've had body issues i have i was like extremely Obese and like lost a hundred pounds within a year at one point, and like I have like stretch. Mar- I'm still like so insecure in my body. I feel like I would just like w- microdermabrasion, whatever, get rid of stretch mark. Like <laughs> I-, I hate that it runs so rampant in my mind constantly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, it would just get it out of there and I could focus on other things creatively.
1: Of course. And that's the thing is the dream is just to like be able to get rid of the things that plague us. so You can actually focus on the things that you, you enjoy focusing on. But like, I think all the time about what would actually make me happy when it comes to x y and z if it's physical looks if it's career if it's relationship whatever it is and i think the tough thing about it is that you a won't know until you do it and b odds Mm -hmm. are a lot of things that you change will be quick fixes that don't actually uh feel good over time and like this is a very silly example but I remember when I would have even some people on the podcast that were like really exciting guests and like we're and, and I remember people saying you must this is so huge you must be so successful or whatever it is now and a lot of it's like well actually I'm still waking up in my one bedroom in Queens and I didn't nothing's really changed but it's perception is everything and yeah. so I think that Yes. it is tough to know like if I get a $12 smoothie every couple of days, will that make me happy in the long run? Actually, I take it back. That I probably would bad example, <laughs> but like w- if I were to do something else, that was a quick fix. Like, I think that's partly of the issue with fame is that you get so used to the things that you thought would make you happy. And then once you're only doing that, then you're realizing, well, what's beyond that. It's actually not attainable.
2: Right.
3: I mean, look at Madonna. Yeah. Like how, how if many surgeries has Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if it doesn't hurt I'm your eyes at this problem. point, yeah, no, but as like a, you know, I used to be a huge Madonna fan, but she thinks that <laughs> I'm projecting a lot, but she, I think she thinks that like the um, path to you know happiness or whatever is her like looking looking young and portraying this but really she just wants to be relevant but she's made herself like so different than Mm -hmm. what she used to be that's what got people hooked on her in the first place that and like she's almost made herself the thing that she doesn't want to be and she wants to you know resonate with younger audiences but they're all looking at her like what whereas like I think if she just let herself age gracefully people would be into her in a way that like we're into Betty White not saying she's as old as Betty White but like (laughs) the same way that people are like in really into Rosie now I think like Rosie has kind of had this renaissance and people you know rosie's getting uh dm'd by millennials on on tiktok and stuff because when you're like living your truth and just like doing your thing that's hot
1: right and i think that's very clear when you're operating out of a sense of insecurity to change something versus a sense of authenticity and i -hmm. think there are so many people like that that you know it's it always comes back to Bravo, but like Andy Cohen got someone like tried to like comment about like how he needs to do Botox in his forehead. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to get old and that's how it's going to be. And Sarah Jessica Parker too has had a lot of things come out about the sex in the city reboot about people giving her shit for, how the way that she is has aged and i think that that's just the aging issue is such a broader issue especially with the filters of it all but like Mm. i think that's actually as cringy as carrie bradshaw can be i do like that that there is this sense of you know what we are gonna have these three women while we wish there were four we're gonna have these three women that are actually of the age that they are and they are living in New York City and telling these stories. Mm-hmm. The
2: beauty of the Sex and the City characters. I wasn't. I hadn't even thought about that as I'm gearing up, and watching all of the paparazzi footage, <laughs> which is almost like
1: almost even a little too much because I just want to hope. Hopefully, we get to like see a new costume. Hopefully, I know. Like, I feel like. like, like oh, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, and I, I it's, it's actually a good segue because Sex and City is probably one of the biggest reasons I became gay. Is because I would watch, mm. you know, Samantha suck someone off, and I'd be like, I want to be just like her when I grow up. <laughs> but like, I want to go into the famous po- gayest podcast question, which is, whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame? Um, I feel like you both. Um, are going to want to be polite and offer the other person to go first. So I'm going to choose. I'm going to have Melody. Whose fault is it that you're gay?
2: Oh, my God. It's Now and Then. It's the movie Now and Then's fault. It's everyone Which involved. Which you talked
1: about with Rosie. Yeah.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. I already, as if we are like, not talking about the episode enough. No, please. I, I, I'm obsessed with Now and Then. I always have been. There was always something about roberta the character that rosie played uh the adult version it's about a group Mm -hmm. of friends if you don't know um in what the late 70s i believe Mm -hmm. in a small town in indiana um christina ricci uh gabby hoffman thora birch I'm blanking on the actress who played Chrissy's name. Um, but following their adventures over one summer, it cuts it plays with time and cuts to them as kids and the adult version of Roberta, Christina Ricci's character is Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I There was, okay, so I'm by, <laughs> So this actually answers who made me buy too because wow. I was in love with Christina Ricci, Roberta, but I was also in love with Devin Sawa. <laughs> Who yes. plays her love interest. And a lot of lesbians are, actually, right? Like that's a yeah. root crush for I had a, poster a lot of dykes. Like Devin Sawa. On my yeah. Oh, wow. He was so pretty. Yeah. So it was just as such a confusing time. Like I wore that VHS out and then the D V D, which I still have in play often. Um, but I was just bouncing between the two of them in this relationship, just so confused as a kid. Like I was in love with Devin Sawa. I was in love with oh, I kept saying Chris. Oh no, it is Christina Ricci. Yeah, sorry. Um, with Christina Ricci. And
1: I think I was in love with Christina Ricci. I think like yeah. there's something about I mean, like in an Adams family and in everything that she's done. But you know what? I think yeah. gay gay kids growing up are clearly so plagued by so many things. But I feel like bi people growing up must be even more confused because you're like, I am attracted to Christina <laughs> and Devin. What does that it's like you really don't know what's what.
2: I mean Casper. Then I move on to Casper, and I'm like, we're 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 entering puberty. Like we're further. Like, and I'm just getting more and more confused. The Casper, movie Little yeah. Giants. I know it, uh, Christina Ricci wasn't in it, but um, the girl who played Ice was he in Little Giants? Actually, or am I thinking of another young blonde boy?
1: I don't know Little Giants. I don't think.
2: I'm gonna like. I'm so sorry. I need to no, know. We love in... a dramaturgical <laughs> Yeah, it was Devin Sawa. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was every little like romantic arc he had in the movies he would play. Like I had such a crush on him, but also the girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe I should just change my answer to Devin. Devin Sawa made me like girls.
1: <laughs> Devin Sawa made you like girls and the rest is her story. Yeah,
2: I'm going with that.
1: I think that that era of filmmaking what other movies would you put in the same canon of now and then? Because there are so many. I feel like is it right if I say like Mystic Pizza or if I say like um, what's that movie where the kid, the bees, and the kid dies and the bees?
2: Oh my girl, yeah, my, my girl. girl. I feel
1: like there yeah. are so many like coming of age movies of this era that defined so much of like even Casper, Casper the Friendly Fucking Ghost. Like I had a I had a Casper. Like toy And I remember feeling So comforted by Casper There are I feel like First Wives Club plays does a similar thing that Now and Then does with the younger versions of all the women at the beginning yeah. and then we see them grow up and there's something about like the strength of friendship and about bond and sisterhood. Sisterhood of the traveling pants is later huge. but I saw I saw that in theaters and I really was affected by like a group of friends that can all wear the same pants and they're all so and gosh America Ferrara is just like yes. such a strong person who has her issues but she personally through them and I'm America Ferrara and and it's (laughs) and I I I think that those movies were our friends and also our teachers and I think it's a very good answer which means we got to move on to Carolyn's answer
3: this is such a hard one so there there are some that I always say when people ask what my root is I mean if I go way back Honestly, I think it was Maria from Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> just like I couldn't get, enough. I just like wanted her to be around all the time. Like, but I, I, I don't know if that crossed the line. It, it was Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman.
1: Oh yeah,
3: I would say gave me feelings that were like too too big for me to comprehend uh, <laughs> at the time. But then I'm go more. I'm like, I think though, a lot of it does go to Madonna, especially in Dick Tracy, mm. um, as Breathless Mahoney. But also the actress who plays Tess Trueheart, just like the two of them, I love them both for different reasons. It was like Madonna's character was like so like sexual and like sultry, and then Tess Trueheart was like girlfriend material, like uh, just so sweet. And I don't know. Uh, I think Madonna was that person that I was so fixated on like she was so sexual and she was the one that I remember I wanted to like I would fantasize about being a guy so I could get with Madonna
2: Whoa. it was like I never thought
3: like I could be a woman with Madonna but it, like when I when I did eventually get older like I was a fan for Madonna a fan of Madonna since I was like five but then like once I started going through puberty like my fantasies would be like if I were like a hot man <laughs> It could get with Madonna.
1: So were you in your dreams having sex (laughs) with Madonna as a man?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's really awesome. And I think that Madonna (laughs) probably in your dream had a really good experience with you as a man.
3: She loved it. You know I pay attention to details. I'm very nurturing. I mean, yeah. listen. I remember I had <laughs> Emma
1: Wilman on this podcast months and months and months ago, and she told yes, the funniest story her. about when she was a kid and she would be like in a forest and she would be pretending the trees had breasts and she would be like groping the trees and like <laughs> and like we the way we like communicate our sexual desires as young people, yeah. it's like it's so conf- it's confusing in general to live in a world where you're having these like queer fantasies, but then I, I've said this before, but I. <laughs> do not know why I always had a daddy thing. And I know, like, daddies are in vogue right now. But, like, (laughs) dare I say I invented daddies at seven? But, like, I... (laughs) My dad owned a pharmacy and I, these old, these like middle-aged men would come in in their business suits and their suit and ties. And as like a very young child, I would dream and not just like fantasize, I would have full on dreams at night that I would climb up their bodies and make out with them like ferociously. And I was a young human on this earth and I don't know where that came from. And I remember thinking like in my mind, I was like, these people aren't even that attractive, but God, I just want to like feel a man stubble on my velvety skin cheek. I mean, I don't know what, and I probably don't want, actually want to know what that comes from, but like, I just had that fierce <laughs> desire. And I saw all this to say like you stooping Madonna in your dreams as a man. Absolutely. Yes. That
2: makes yeah. sense. Cause you know, I talk about this on our podcast a lot and I, I did not give the answer of Jamie Lee Curtis because I've I need to retire this store. Like, I have gone on too many gay podcasts, and yeah, that was my route. That strip tease scene, Jamie Lee Curtis does in True Lies. Mm. I, that was like the first time I masturbated as a kid after seeing mm. that. I was really aroused by Jamie Lee Curtis. Wait, how old were you? Like, fourth grade like Ooh, wow. going yeah. into fifth grade that summer yeah um uh fell asleep masturbating my mom came and found me that way it was humiliating um but I wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger in that scene and I remember like yeah. sitting like him <laughs> after I saw it if you're familiar with that scene he's just kind of like sitting back <laughs> and like lounging and watching her give her strip teas.
1: Oh, yeah, I can see that totally. So that
2: tracks. And I never thought of that part of it until today.
1: Do you think that because girls famously are just more mature and better than men, period, but also because girls tend to hit puberty earlier, do you find that most girls become more sexually curious and explorative phalangically at a younger age than boys do? My mom. Like, if I say boys are around, like, the 12, 12 years old, would you be like, oh, that's old?
2: Mm, for me, I don't know. I started so early, but then I know Carolyn didn't until, what, later? High school? Yeah, I mean, I um, went to
3: Catholic church a lot, so I I feel like I've repressed a lot. But, but when I talk to my friends, I remember, like friends being like oh yeah you know when we were younger we all like hump that table that was like at the right height a lot of girls have that like stuffed animal animal. pillow I never had that yeah
2: Um, my mom's a kindergarten teacher and um she told me that the kids it's a lot of like girls typically like she would catch them like touching themselves at nap time is that (laughs) wrong to say on (laughs) a the
1: podcast no I think it's just an honest experience of a teacher
2: or their names but uh, (laughs) (laughs) she she just came home one day and was like (sighs) The kids have been touching themselves again at nap time and we don't know how to address it. Like, um, but typically female. Don't
1: you love like every profession has different things going on at their job and it just so happens that kindergarten teachers have to deal with masturbating (laughs) five-year-olds at nap time. It's just gotta have a tough day at work. (laughs) Babe, what happened? Well, you know, nap time got juicy again (laughs) and I don't know what to do. Now I do regret that part of it. I regret saying that and I do think that might be edited out. But it's also like people, humans are humans. We are animals.
3: Yeah, if yeah, there, there's no shame in it unless again you go to Catholic church a lot as a kid, and then there is shame, shame and she, in it. And then there is plenty of shame.
1: <laughs> but I was thinking about, I was talking the other day with friends about like, isn't it crazy that as like stigmatized and as crazy it is in this world, that even still of like being gay or queer or whatever it is, that like in back in the Roman like Roman bathhouses is that what it was like there was like yeah. fully sex is happening between men you would like be yeah it's like it's happened for so many years and yet it's it's so silly that it could still be so controversial but <laughs> listen as we continue on with these these podcast sex i want meant segments but also sex i want to <laughs> get into a very controversial question that is divisive we talked about this a bit a little before we started recording but it, i want to ask if the world was ending you could only save one character actress. Who would it be? Melody went first before. So Carolyn Bergier, say, yes, who is it?
3: <laughs> you know, I want to say Rosie
2: O'Donnell. <gasps> it all comes back to
3: Rosie it and does. Bravo TV.
1: Full circle. Um,
3: I mean, she's just so good in every part she plays. She nails it. It's always a treat. Uh, the only thing is, if we're talking like the world is actually ending, like how many years does she have left in her? I hate to think that way. So I'm like, should I have gone with somebody younger? But uh...
1: I think that's really noble. You're trying to save mankind while also saving Rosie O'Donnell and, and, and preserving right. her oeuvre. Uh, I, you know what's funny is that no one <laughs> has a lot to no one has said Rosie O'Donnell yet, and I think that it is very important that someone did and i want to thank you for that i want to thank you for that on this (laughs) podcast i do
2: yeah she's not on the go-to list of character actresses no, but and she, she is one, be. and
1: also, I love that we're talking about her resurgence, because I know on, on your episode, she was talking about, she shot something that's going to be, uh, she's shooting it in January, and it's coming out in the summer, she's shooting it?
3: Showtime American show? Gigolo, yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: so American Gigolo, like, like I just can't wait to be, like, on my phone, being like, Rosie O'Donnell's killing this show, like, that is going to yes. feel like I'm home, you know?
3: Yeah. Yes, get her more Emmys, please. Long overdue.
1: Yeah. And I think there was a book I read about the behind the scenes of The View. I don't know if you read this, but it was like a very crazy tell all about what happened behind the scenes. And Rosie had some crazy stories. And I know that, you know, there's so many chapters of her career in her life. And I just think that she has more chapters to come.
2: Yes. I love it for her. I
1: I do. I'm excited for that. What about you, Melody? Who would you say?
2: I'm going to go with Parker Posey. (gasps) Yep. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like she's uh, people have had to have said her here.
1: You know what? I think maybe one person, but like it's not as prevalent as you would think, but I think it immediately takes us into the Christopher Guest world.
2: Yes. You know, there's that depth there. I also need like a little darkness um, Mm -hmm. in my character actresses, which she seems to have brooding under the surface. She's so funny. Yeah. So funny.
1: And also I hope she has more chapters to come. She... Is a little underutilized, I find, in the world. And I know that she does like she was great on Search Party, I think what a couple seasons ago. She I mean, listen, I'm also pretending as if I know everything she's doing right now. For all I know, she's like filming an Oscar winning role. But do you is she do you know if she's doing anything? She's
2: just had, yeah, Search Party. There was like high fidelity, that show. Like Mm. just little like cameos, Portlandia things here and there. I'm trying to think of like the most recent movie. But obviously, the go tos I'm I'm thinking like Josie and the Pussycats, all the Christopher mm-hmm. Guest movies, like Party mm-hmm, Girl, right. like I'm yeah. So without yeah, we need more current. We projects. need more, and I
1: think like if if I may be so bold as to say that what is happening to Catherine O'Hara, which she deserves and she needs and she should continue doing, I want that for Parker Posey as well. In addition to
2: yes, Sh- I was deciding between those two, and um, I I had to go with Parker because. Catherine's getting projects right now and is. is Catherine's eating. Catherine's doing talking. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are talking.
1: People <laughs> are talking. Well, listen, I want to say that this has been such an amazing conversation. There is always a question I ask before we leave that I did not prep you for just because I want to really put you on the spot. But the question is if you had to choose the singular best Whoopi Goldberg film, what would it be? <laughs> Feel free, either one of you, to shout out first.
2: Film? I'm obsessed with Sister Act Two. Thank but, uh, you. Is that? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm so. Why would I care? I was like, is that hack? <laughs> it's become
1: it's become me baiting people to say Sister Act two. But Carolyn, what what? Please say it.
3: That's where my mind went with Sister Act two. But then I was like, I know, I'm missing one that I like better. Mm. But mm. my. I feel like I have to go to IMDb, which feels like cheating. It doesn't.
1: It's not cheating. Live your truth. I trust your journey. I will say that there are so many things happening in the zeitgeist right now about bringing things back. And I think that this is actually an important conversation because Sister Act is coming back. What? It's coming back. And and Whoopi's involved. Hocus Pocus. Did you see the Disney Plus announcement? Yeah. They, They did the photo of the new Hocus Pocus. Which, and speaking of, and I'm saying this with deep respect and love, but speaking of aging, I think like beautifully, they the look Sanderson and sisters look great, and they—you are not saying like, "Ooh, what have what have they done to this themselves?" You're thinking they are kicking, living, learning, listening, thriving. It
2: looks correct, like it just looks right. Correct. When I saw that promo picture for Hocus Pocus, no, it, it's definitely correct <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm <IMDb> to be confirmed. It. <laughs>
2: For a second,
3: I was like, mm, boys on the side, but it's but the reason I love boys on the side um, has really just to do with the one scene where Drew Barrymore throws herself down the stairs over and over. <laughs> sure, 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 it's sure, like sure. the only thing I remember about it, uh, to be honest.
1: Well, w- with that, my friends, <laughs> we're going to end this episode of That's a Gayist Podcast. Carolyn, Melody, can you tell me where can people find you?
2: Well, the podcast is at Diking Out on twitter instagram and eh, i was gonna mention the tiktok we gotta stop doing that so sorry yeah i, mean, I know we're, it's really we're too old for us what's wrong with the tiktok it's yeah. like we don't know how to do it and it, it's we, there we don't do it it's just <laughs>
1: it's there for like at some point yeah. we need to all have a conversation because as i'm a disaster on twitter i found out that tiktok is my place in many ways because the stakes are so much lower and i'm oh. actually i've actually um, had a fun journey on it and at some point we're gonna have a conversation about it because you'll kill okay you'll i think kill. we're just okay. overthinking it
2: yeah you are maybe yeah. otherwise i'm at melody kamali on all social platforms and i'm at tgi carolyn
1: tgi carolyn well everyone listen to dyking out follow melody follow carolyn it's such a good podcast you are both such great people comedians hosts, and i'm thanking you so much for coming on because honestly this was months in the making and it's been a dream.com truly
2: such a pleasure thank you for having us you're such a good host it's so fun yes we love it
1: how dare from the dyking out gals